Hello, and welcome to this week's episode of This is Sex with Dr. J, Dr. Clay, and Valen A. We are super excited to be here with you this week celebrating um, Joe Biden and Kamala Harris being elected as a president-elect and vice president-elect of the great United States of America. I am just, I feel great. And so, you know, today we are going to spend some time reflecting on um, on what this moment means to us as individuals, as, as Black women, as practitioners, all that good stuff. And um, of course, these are, these are our opinions and, and feelings, but we wanted to have a space to really talk about what's on the minds of many right now and what will be, what we will continue to, to see um, um, on the news and hear about on the radio um, as we move forward towards January in the transition of power. So um, let's let's get right to it. I mean, how are you, ladies? How are you, ladies, feeling? Um, where where were you at when you saw the news yesterday that they confirmed it? Um, just. Why don't you tell me, Dr. Clay, on the West Coast, over in good old Southern California? Oh, and this is this is good too because we are literally East Coast, West Coast, in Texas. We are we are red and red and blue, and so <laughs> so you know. I mean, I think you know that 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 also colors this context of um, of how we have experienced this election in general. But. Yeah, Dr. Clay, why don't we start with you and uh, tell us about how, how you're feeling about receiving this news yesterday. Well, I so I was at home yesterday morning when um, it, it broke on the news. And it's crazy because, you know, in, in Southern California, you would think it would have been a wonderful sunny day, but it was actually raining. Um, and so it was it was, I was all talking to my sister when the news broke across the TV and I just saw Joe Biden is new president elect. Um, and it, I had this very, very like sense of calm. I think I had mentioned earlier, I felt like I could take a really deep breath. Mm -hmm. Um, I feel like, I mean, I think we're not assuming that everybody shares our same political beliefs. Right. But, Mm -hmm. um, I think for black women in general, um, this is a momentous, occasion, not only for Joe Biden to be um, president-elect, but to see a woman of color, um, a woman and a woman of color um, and an immigrant be the vice president-elect. And I think that's a huge, huge, huge deal um, for people of color in general. So for me, it was just a, oh my God, thank God. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I was looking forward to the change that will be coming in January of 2021. Mm-hmm. Big sigh of relief. Big yeah. sigh of relief. What about you, Dr. Perkins? So, you know, what's interesting is, you know, being in the great red state of Texas, um, in my immediate metroplex, um, all of the counties around us were blue except for one. Um, and it's very apparent um just how um, kind of divisive um, our current uh, president is um, within my community. Um, You know, I live in a rural community um, close enough to 
the city um, that I can have a good kind of general overview of what's going on across the country. But um, where I live is very much um, a homogenous group of white people. And it's interesting to see, you know, just how big a Trump sign you can put in your yard, you know, Mm -hmm. or how big of a flag you can put on your pickup truck. So seeing um, just anticipating the kind of the backlash that would come on one side or the other, I just felt like at least now we know um, kind of what to expect, Mm -hmm. but that, I don't know, I just kind of felt like it's it's four years, you know, past due for me that we had to really kind of sit with the the insanity um, of the last four years to just mm-hmm. give um, permission for people to just be, be openly mean and nasty and evil. And mm-hmm. um, so I'm I'm anxious. I'm cautiously optimistic, but also have a little bit of of anxiety on what's going to happen and um you know some of my neighbors in the area you know speak and are very pleasant and then you have those other ones that just kind of look at you and stare you down like I'm sure a lot of other communities have Mm -hmm. um but I think I I really just hope that this is a step in the in the right direction for us as a country to see that, you know, there is another way. You don't have to be mean, nasty, and ugly to people just because they're different Mm -hmm. skin tone than you. Um, Mm -hmm. That we can, instead of talking about making America great, can we just make America kind? Can we make America welcoming um, and inclusive Mm -hmm. as opposed to... The alternative. Mm -hmm. The, particularly in this um, election season. Mm-hmm. Very well said. I think you captured where a lot of us are in terms of that being cautiously optimistic and having some anxiety about what's to come. You know, yesterday I had just left the house, you know, and I, I'd say a Friday. I wonder will we get the news this weekend or we'll have to wait till Monday because um, like CNN and MSNBC, you know, they were showing the, um, I think it was the Lieutenant governor from uh, Pennsylvania. And he was, he had that energy. Mm-hmm. Like, look, when we get this count done, it is what it is. He can be mad. He can sue, but the count will be legit. It will be out there and we'll right. go from there. So I was just like, I'm waiting on Pennsylvania. Cause it did, it, it, it started to stall. Like, I mean, I know here in North Carolina, Carolina, um, a judge made it so that they are counting, they have until uh, the 12th of November to receive votes. So like even some of our local races mm-hmm. won't be called until after that point. But like these other places, I'm like, okay, I, I felt like people just don't want to be the state to put that nail in his coffin. They don't want to be the one to call it. So I had just left the house yesterday and uh, my family group chat. So my extended family is all in Mississippi, most of them. And uh, it just started chiming. Like we have a big messenger group on in, uh, on Facebook. So it's probably like 50 of us. And it just started chiming like ding, 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 ding. And I'm like, what is going on? 
Uh, and so I looked and they were like, they called it, they called it. And so, of course, I had to Google first because, you know, people been saying it's been called every day. So I was like, let me just, let me see. And then it started popping up, you know, and I was like, oh my gosh. And I just, I was on my way to Jersey Mike, shout out Jersey Mike. <laughs> But I just sat in the car before I went in like, wow, like this, I, I it made me feel like, right. I mean, really, like, I remember being, I was an undergrad when um, we elected President Obama. I, I remember I was at a predominantly white institution at that time. And I was a sociology minor. And I just remember that that feeling of like being elated but then we really didn't talk about it the next day and I thought that was so ironic that like this is sociology we're just gonna act like it didn't happen and so I think that was like a sign of the time but you know now in 2020 I'm a Howard graduate, you know, and Kamala being a Howard graduate. I'm just like, you know, HBCUs on the map, mm -hmm. black women on the map, Stacy mm -hmm. down there, you know, continuing like Fannie Lou work down there and like getting these Georgia people out there. And it's like, you can't stop us, you know? And it was just like, right. Oh, like it was just like like Erica said like just this sigh like this relief of heaviness realizing that the work continues that you know there's still right. a lot to do you know Mitch McConnell was reelected um and so you know I think that you know I'm hoping that there's not a lot of adversity but I do think that there will be some strategic ways in which mm -hmm. they will try to disempower this incoming administration um but right. but Joe and Kamala I think Joe was smart in selecting her and I think you know just with their their own personal track records like hate it or love it they are experienced in their respective areas and in politics so they know and I think you know Trump the the benefit of him is that we have seen a lot of masks being removed from people you know we mm -hmm. know where people's hearts are where you know people would be cordial and pleasant which I think that's you know some that's civility and decency but at the mm -hmm. same time I do think it's helpful to know you know like I, I want to know like who you are really you know and I right. think Trump has really encouraged people um for the, the worst but I mean people just right. have no shame and just like being you know bigots and racist and, and sharing that and I want to know like you know if I thought you know Miss Susie was really nice and she you know she's my kid's teacher and she's a racist do you have to wonder about because you know overt racism is one thing but then you have like all of these different systems that we're all involved in no matter your SES no matter your education like when you mm -hmm. think about like healthcare and healthcare disparities and stuff like yeah I want my doctor's mask to be off like I want to know you know like uh Right. black women dying having babies or I want to know like if you're my banker you, you know like I mean mm -hmm. I think it's empowering for us to to know these things but yeah yesterday I remember seeing it being called I was sharing Howard memes all day um <laughs> like it was like it was just a good a good moment you know even like yeah I mean that HBCU thing like okay you don't need a harvard degree like right. you know her good old harvard degree got her in the white house so I, i'm just glad that we can have this moment to to just reflect on you know right. on getting to this moment it's been a lot this has been a very tumultuous year from covid mm -hmm. to you know george floyd and uh you know social just well, racism 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 that, that's please. okay you know yeah. i have i have to mm, mm, <laughs> yeah. but, but you know what's interesting is while we are celebrating this moment 
we also still need to realize that it's not going to be a quick fix for anything right. yeah. for any one group of people, whether mm-hmm. it's people of color, whether it's yep. the LGBTQIA community, um, that our country really has a lot of systems, like you said, Valen, that need to be dismantled, need to be repaired, rebuilt, um, reconstructed, and if the support is not there for President-elect Biden and um, VP Harris, we're going to be having similar conversations a year, two years, three years down the road mm-hmm. that we are kind of, you know, we came up, we showed up, we showed out, we voted, we did all this, the community spoke, but will the community be consistent in its message that enough is enough and it's time that we take care of each other mm-hmm. as opposed to taking care of a select group and our country, whether we want to realize it and whether others want to acknowledge it. Um, the, the one thing that I can appreciate that president Trump did was like you said, he pulled back the mask that a lot of people have, but our country was built on, racism Mm -hmm. our country was built on the backs literally and figuratively of people of color Mm -hmm. and we still haven't addressed those one election isn't gonna fix all of that one election isn't going to um kind of put us in so much of a better place where we feel like okay now we can sit back and we our work is done the work is really just beginning We just need to get the appropriate team on the bench to do the work. And I think that this is a good first start, Mm -hmm. but I also feel like it's going to be an uphill battle for a lot of the issues that are important to us as a people. Um, A lot of things that are important to us as discipline, as you said, as practitioners, mental health, health care, public health, sexual health education, Mm-hmm. Um, we just still have so much work that needs to be done that I, I hope and I pray that we remember that in the moment of celebration um, and that while we're celebrating, we're lacing up our boots because we, we have a lot to do. Mm-hmm. I think one of the things that, that stood out for me yesterday in reading a lot um, is this election, if, this year, <laughs> If, if you've learned nothing this year or with this election, um, just looking at how close this election mm-hmm. was and how yes. how very, very close we were to having Trump um, mm-hmm. in the White House for another four years should give all people of color pause. Mm-hmm. Um, just because you have to, like, not just like, oh, you know, look at the white people who voted for Trump. No, look at the other people of color who voted for Trump and what mm-hmm. that means. Um, it was really, really um, eye-opening for me because I think uh, for a lot of people of color, I think, you know, you assume, you know, if you're, you're a person of color. If you've been dealing with all of the um, social and racial injustice over the last, you know, many, many, many th- hundreds of years, but definitely in the last couple of years, the, the choice in my brain seemed very obvious when Joe Biden came on to the, um, um, the ticket. But when you talk to people, to people of color, that's not the sentiment of everybody. And so um, it was really interesting for me to see that. Um, and I think we've all said this, but by no means, there's, we do not believe that just 
electing these two folks is going to all of a sudden make America the best country and there's going to be no more racism and Mm -hmm. that all of the, um, all of the things that we need to deconstruct are all of a sudden going to fall apart and be wonderful. But I think this is the biggest step in the right direction that we had. Um, I think just like when Hillary was running for president, right? Um, we were trying to choose between a rock and a hard place. I don't think that um, Biden and and Harris are going to have the answers for everything because they don't just Mm -hmm. like Trump didn't have the answers for everything, but hopefully um, with all of the things that we've learned this year, people will give them the appropriate shot. I think that's Mm -hmm. what Biden was saying in his, um, in his speech yesterday was that, you know, I know there's a lot of really disappointed Trump supporters, but hopefully you'll give me the chance to show you what we can do in the White House and how it can be better for everybody, not just specific groups of people. So, mm-hmm. right. And I also think that you know this is the the time that we really need to pay attention to our local officials and mm-hmm. what they're saying. Yeah. Um, because I don't think that the average Jane Joe and you know really kind of understand that the local decision makers are the local decision makers. You know, this was a highly um, publicized, media-driven electoral process. Mm-hmm. But when it comes to what type of sexual health education is being taught in your community, in your school mm-hmm. system, in your state, that's not a President Biden, that's not a President Trump or President Obama issue. Um, You know, again, living in the great state of Texas, where we typically only see abstinence education, um, that's something that has to be decided and navigated at the local level, at the state level. And I don't think that we are really paying close enough attention to what our local politicians and local officials are saying and knowing how to get involved with that on the issues that are meaningful to us. Mm-hmm. I think you, you raise a, you raise a lot of good points and it, it makes me reflect on so many things you all have mentioned, but um, you know, in terms of the um, sort of people of color conglomerate term, and then also just thinking about politics and and policies and how they affect us every day on that local level you know it's so intertwined because you know I was watching the news and they were talking about the um, Latinx vote in Florida and how that differs from the Latinx vote in Arizona and California and you know obviously no uh, minority group is a monolith but it just makes me remember how you know when I got to Howard I felt so much more diversity than when I was at my predominantly white institution and in no shade but you know at the predominantly white institution we were people of color right like we had the black student union at Howard like I could literally see the diaspora of like okay like it's not just people from Africa and people from America and people from the Caribbean I'm like wait is that a country like what where you said that was in the Caribbean where you know and like mm-hmm. you know and not mm-hmm. just the Nigerian students but like people from this part of Nigeria and so just re- recognizing the variance within our groups and really even unpacking you know like even like you know black people who um, are from the U.S. versus Black people from other places. But my, my point in saying all of that is, I think this election, like you said, Erica, just really highlighted 
the variance within our minority groups of like, you know, there are a lot of people who were, and not necessarily Trump supporters, but who just did not support the Biden-Harris ticket. And and then when I think about things like sexual health and thinking about a presentation I did recently where I was talking about um, the sexual empowerment lessons that we can take from WAP, right? That song that was so controversial and just even offering that whether you hated the song or the lyrics or the vulgarity, here are some things you can take and I quoted a national survey of 52,000 people where it literally almost verbatim says like, you know, ask for, ask for things you want, uh, say, you know, like, um, talk to your partner about your, your preferences, but essentially this, 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 uh, peer reviewed IRB research, um, support sort of, you know, this Cardi B and Meg song. And I don't think that was their point, but in just offering that and how many people just rush to talk about the respectability of it and things like that. And so, um, you know, and just thinking about, even when we talk about states where you can't, um, that they don't have a mandate for a comprehensive sex education that has to be medically accurate. And just recognizing that sometimes we don't know what we don't know. And we don't know, how can I say this? Like so, sometimes people don't want, they don't want the factual stuff. Like right. sometimes people are okay with, you know, the, I mean, if you tell kids that sex is harmful or I mean, or if, you, if you tell, if we're, if we're not saying abstinence only, then we're giving them permission or things like that. And some people would rather stay in that mentality than yeah. to have information that, that, um, makes sense challenge right that challenges them and so yeah I just I just think all of that um you know comes into play when we we look at this election so it's it's true I think um I think that's a great um segue into talking about or thinking about how um this kind of impacts our own individual um professions and or or if it does at all I think for me, and I think I said this at the very beginning, this is historic, right? Mm -hmm. Um, I think for the three of us, we're all professional black women and we all have come from different backgrounds and we all recognize, right? That there are a lot of other black women who didn't have the same opportunities that we did and and didn't end up in a professional realm because of this or the other. Um, And so for a lot of us, I think we look at Kamala Harris and think just just like, anything else right like she looks like me and because she looks like me that I can tell our daughters and our cousins and our sisters and our nieces that you can end up being someone as powerful as her regardless of your background and regardless mm-hmm. of where you where you came from um, and so it's for me it's it's incredibly empowering and um, it kind of it motivates me to continue to mentor um, young black women or young women of color that like me and her and like our group of the three of us that you can come from a different place. You don't have to necessarily have a Harvard degree. You don't necessarily have to have the best test scores. You don't necessarily have to have all of these, all of these ducks in a row to become something powerful. I mean, this woman is the second most powerful person in the country. Mm-hmm. And she went to an HBCU and mm-hmm. she was the daughter of immigrants and she's a person of color, like everything that should have been stacked against her essentially, right. Mm-hmm. Um, or what make her qualified um, to be in the position that she's in. So um, 
for me, it's just incredibly motivating. Um, and I hope that it continues to motivate the younger generation as that comes behind us. Um, I don't, I'm hoping that with, with all that they talked about inclusivity and diversity and how um, we need to, like, I think um, Dr. J was saying, make America kind and, um, and peaceful and all of that. I'm hoping that that means that with things like sex education, um, hopefully that will bring a lot more importance to that, I guess is the best way I can say it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I'm, I'm, I'm feeling hopeful. I'm, I'm definitely feeling hopeful. I'm there with you. I, uh, I am, I'm hopeful for a lot of things though. Um, I'm hopeful that we continue the momentum that we have accomplished over the last few months, but also that I'm hopeful that we take our conversations a little bit further when we're trying to have open dialogue with people who are, who think differently than us, who look differently than us, um, to the point where we can come together. We all, you know, the, the concept of America being a melting pot um, and that that's what made us great mm-hmm. um, in the more traditional sense is that we have all of these different ingredients and different diverse people and populations and thoughts um, and that we can appreciate those, we can acknowledge those and become more um, encouraging and accepting of those as opposed to looking down upon um, those that are different than us and, um, you know, get away from this hierarchical thinking of, I have to be better than, insert any subgroup. Um, It just, it it makes, um, it makes for a very sad existence for the world. We wanna leave our children, our younger siblings, um, and those that are coming after us for me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Much work to be done. And I think you, you know, that point you make about having these difficult conversations, you know, the, the thing about it is, I, I feel like part of the relief is even just like the credence that I know that um, the president and vice president elect can bring to just saying that like these things do exist, right? Like our current president made it so you couldn't even talk about like he took it out of like, you know, federal offices and, you know, took out like the mandate to have cultural sensitivity training. Now, we're all black women who are highly educated. We have advanced degrees and professional licensures. That's not everyone. And, um, and <laughs> a lot of people just really don't understand that like race racism is the system that built this country. I mean, some people, I mean, people know it and then there is just denial, but I'm saying people, people, a lot of people think of racism as KKK and lynchings, which, I mean, we still do have lynchings going on today, but people do not really understand the pervasiveness of racism and how it's embedded in every facet of life. And so I, think to have those conversations you know it's always that wax and wane of you know of when and how and how much you know at at the expense of my own 
well-being as a person you know having these conversations and then having a retreat but I think there's just some baseline level of education that we have to do as a country to really have a, a solid foundation to build upon to go forward because um, some people I think right now like clinically I'm thinking some people just you know they're too upset to even hear some of this right now you know so it's no point in talking about it today but you know as we move forward how like how do we have these conversations in meaningful ways that that forces people to address well to acknowledge first because before we can address it address these things we have to even acknowledge that you know we have to call a thing a thing so I think that part is an uphill battle but I am much more uh, hopeful like you all have been saying today than I was last week I think one one of the things that's interesting that has happened to me, I don't know, I I, I don't know if this has happened to you all, but um, in my workplace is since this, you know, the last few months and this people have been campaigning and all of the social injustice that's been going on, all the racist crap that's been happening this year, I've had the opportunity to either listen in on or be asked specifically about um, certain uh, racial topics and things like that. And you get to know your coworkers real well in ways you may not have wanted to. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think for a lot of non-people of color, this, at least I'd like to, I'd like to think this has been very eye-opening because I've even had conversations where people have asked me, you, you haven't, you haven't experienced any racism here, have you? And I'm like, what country do you live in? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, I, I, I saw a bunch of people posting on Instagram. Um, I can't remember the exact phrase, but it's something I think Stacey Abrams was saying, like, it was like, like a lot of, um, like a lot of um, people who are underestimated. We have been, um, we have been like ingrained to over, um, to over impress or something like that. I can't remember the exact um the exact quote, but it was something basically along the lines of, you know, like a lot of people, um, people of color or minorities who are often overlooked and often um, dismissed, we have to be better. We have to prove ourselves a little bit more. And even that simple concept to some folks is just completely out of it. They're very much thinking, oh, well, we don't have a KKK. We don't have people stringing up, you know, black Mm -hmm. folks on trees. So racism clearly is gone. Um, But the very essence of our, you know, our judicial system, our, Mm -hmm. um, our, our democracy, like everything that is ingrained in the U.S. has a racist um, background. Mm -hmm. And I don't think people realize that they just assume there are no more lynchings. And so we're all better now. And that's not Mm -hmm. the case. Yeah. 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 And I mean, and I think, you know, from the professional standpoint, I certainly have a certain experience as a black woman here in North Carolina. And I remember I, I, I feel a difference than when I was a black professional in the metro D.C. area. Right. But I think from the professional side, you know, it's death by a thousand paper cuts with microaggressions, mm-hmm. you know, um, and I, I experienced that from, you know, being a black mental health <laughs> professional, even when it comes to 
working and advocating on behalf of like black people and people of color Mm -hmm. but just a a a lot of different ways that this shows up so I think that yeah like we've said this election gives us some hope it reminds us that there's still much work to be done you know we're aware that these systems have been in place for hundreds of years here so um you know I think it would be naive to to assume much like I mean President Obama you know we had a black president and then there was all this talk of having a post-racial society like this election doesn't mean that but this election means that to me you know that we can have we can work towards progress and not someone sort of stirring the pot um you know and having people stand back and stand by and talking about grabbing them by the pussy you know I was just embarrassed like (laughs) you know like this is this is the person who you know we've elected to be our representative and I just did not feel represented well um, or at all, at all. Um, by the person in office. So we're, we're, I'm just happy to celebrate a new day. Mm-hmm. Howard Homecoming 2021 about to be lit. I'm going to be there. <laughs> I think we are all ready. I'd like to think that most of us are ready for a change, even if you don't necessarily agree with the current camp, the current um, president elect and, vi- and vi- vice president elect. I think we can all agree that change this year is necessary. Mm-hmm. Um, we've had a very, very trying year, and I think this is a ray of sunshine in a, in a very, very long, <laughs> long, long list of cloudy days. So um, I think we'll very wrap well up said. now. Very well said. So even though we didn't do a whole lot of talking about sex today, I think we did talk a lot about what. Um, what's happening around us. And I think it's important for us to address those things. So mm-hmm. um, until next time, Valen. Mm-hmm. Hey, okay. Well, you know what? Thank you for joining us. And this is, this is sex. sex.